Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Good morning, North Maine. I'm in the house this morning. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to share with you and to uh, just be in the presence of God's people. It's good to be with the family of God. Amen? Amen. I tell you, I don't know how people get through life without coming uh, to the house of worship and interacting with other people who are like-minded and who are believers, those who are on their way to heaven. Amen? Anybody on their way to heaven this morning? Amen. Oh, just seven of y'all. Okay, all right. (laughs) I'll tell Jesus to send the short bus. All right, here we go. So, um, the reality... Oh, thank you. Thank you. Pete just wants to touch me again. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. I tell you, um, love Pete and Angela and Gino, um, love their family that uh, got to stay with them last night. And we've been, um, Pete, you didn't fix it. I don't know what you did, buddy. He's, and he's gone. Okay. But still love him. Still love him. <laughs> uh, got to spend the night with him last night. And just, it, we were exhausted and tired. We're still up talking and um, just sharing. And even this morning, sharing some more. And it's just so good to have friends that you've had a part of your life for so many years. Um, we go all the way back to Thirst uh, Convention. And I've uh, just been spending a lot of my life in Pennsylvania for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> amen. 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 And it's been good. It's been good. Uh, this morning, I, I was, um, when Angela was like, hey, if you, since you're here, you might as well stay for Sunday, um, give pastor a break. And um, I think he's excited about that, grateful for that, and right, happy, real happy, because he only works one day a week. And, um, and so I'm, I'm glad to be the guy and whatnot. Obviously, I work three days a week because I worked all weekend. Amen. And... Um, <laughs> But just super excited to be here this morning and um, to share the word of God. Pray with me, if you will. Father, we just thank you even now. We thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, you know exactly what your people need to hear this morning. Lord, you are so strategic in the way that you speak to us. And so, God, I pray that you would move me out the way. All of my uh, insufficiencies, all of the things that cause me uh, to stumble, stammer, all those things, Lord God, move those out of the way, that your people will hear exactly what you have for them. Lord, I sit down, praise God, that you might stand up. I decrease that you might increase, that you might gain glory out of this space and this time. Now, God, come, serve your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look at that. I was praying and God was moving. Amen. This sounds so much better. I was like, they listen to that all Sunday, every Sunday? No wonder they struggle. Anyway, so. (laughs) Okay. I've learned something. The comedy here is like really contagious, so I'm going to have to. Wash myself down after I leave, okay? Amen. Praise God. 
go jump in the Jordan River. All right. So this morning, I want to talk to you about this idea of the greatest road trip ever. I don't know about you, but all of us who are in this space, we hopefully are headed towards a destination. And a destination, like I said before, is heaven. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus. So as we sang the last lines of that song, that last verse means so much to us because we realize that it's really not about what's happening here, but it's about what's going to happen there. And so on this road trip to heaven, if you would, on this road trip of life, on this journey, um, as we are preparing for it, it takes a lot of getting ready. I don't know if you've ever been on a road trip before, if you've ever gone with your family on a road trip. If you have, have you done that before, road trip? Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Um, and some of you said it was just a trip, okay? Um, because there were so many things that you needed in order to get to that place or get to where God was trying uh, uh, to get you or where you were trying to get your family. And so we sometimes complicate the journey because we don't prepare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ever going on the road trip and, you know, the night before you start thinking about, oh, man, what should I put in a suitcase? We're leaving at 6 in the morning. And then you start packing about midnight. Uh-huh. So you're, you're already going to have problems because you are going to be tired, especially if you're the driver, right? And so we go through these complications or these uh, moments of trying to prepare for this journey or get ourselves ready for the journey, and we forget things. There's things we forget to pack, and there are people who need things. I know anytime I take a road trip with my family and my girls, oh, my Lord, I have four daughters. Pray for me. Amen? Pray for me. Yes. Um, and so there's always somebody who doesn't have something. There's always somebody who's not ready. And so I'll stand at the bottom of the stairs and I'll be like, okay, guys, let's go. Let's go. Um, we got to be in the car in five minutes, 15 minutes later. I'm still standing. I'm like, okay, we got to go. We got to go. And then I may hear a little stirring up in the upstairs in the house. I hear a little bit going on and people start to, you know, start to file out and to get into the car. And so when we get in the car, uh, we usually, you know, start the car, get the car going. And then I realize, oh, we should have put the address that we're going to. Mm -hmm. Anybody does that? You, 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 know you're going, you know you're leaving, but you forget, oh, I need to know the end destination. And so um, I'll usually start putting in the address. Then my wife, Melanie, she'll take the phone. She'll be like, you're driving, sir. And then she'll put in the address. We'll start driving a little bit. And I'll say, oh, man, we didn't pray. By the time we get to the highway, it's like we didn't pray. And then I'll say, oh, let me pray. Lord God. Then I remember I need to look at the road. And so there's all these things that go into preparing for the journey. And, and it's important that we are prepared. But the good thing about if you're not prepared, the Lord will prepare you along the way. Somebody need to say amen. amen. There's some things that you might have forgotten. There's some things that you weren't equipped with. There's some things that you didn't put in the vehicle. There's some things that you don't have with you that the Lord will send along the way. And he will give you the tools that you need to make it to your destination. I want to let you know that you are going to make it to your destination. But you do have some things that you need to do. Amen? There's some things you got to do on this journey. There's some things that you have to participate in. You got to be a part of it. It's nothing like being in a, on a journey and not wanting to be in the car. I got some kids in here, some teenagers in here, some young adults who's like, yeah, I've been on that trip. We were going to auntie's house and, uh, man, she's got like seven cats. 
you know, and I have to sleep in a, in a sleeping bag in the basement, you know, I'm just not excited about this trip. It's nothing like that. What I want to let you know, the trip that you're on, the journey you're on is a destination I hope you want to go. I hope it's a place that you believe that everything is going to be okay. Everything will be explained. All of the pain of life will be over. All the sorrow, all the tears, all of those things will be over. And there will be nothing but joy in that place. But we've got to get there. And so along the way, the Lord prepares us as we're taking the journey. And there's some things, some tools I want to give you today that I want you to look at or consider as we would take this journey. But I want to get us right into the word. If you would turn with me into uh, the book of Mark. Amen? Book of Mark. Matthew, Mark. Matthew, Mark. When you get there, say amen. All right, you guys turn quick. Look at that. And I still hear somebody turn. It's okay. That's usually me. That's why I got the little marker in my Bible to know where to go. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. Mark. The Tim chapter, Tim chapter, I'm sorry, Tim chapter, and we're going to start at the 46th verse. This passage of scripture is familiar. I say familiar because it's familiar to me, may not be familiar to you, but I love the way that the word always comes together and things, new things come out of the word. I could teach this next week and there'll be something totally different. That's how the word is. It's, it's ever growing, ever moving. It is alive. The word of God is alive. And so because it's alive, you can always go back to it and find some nuggets. And so the Bible tells us the story of a man named Bartimaeus. And the Bible uh, says this. It says, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. They were leaving the city. They were walking, leaving. They had a destination. They were on a journey. They were on their way somewhere else. And it says, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. I want to let you know that Bartimaeus, he was a beggar. He was not only a beggar, but he had permission to beg because of his disability, because he was a blind man. His name, Bartimaeus, means uh, uh, son of honor. Timaeus, the word Timaeus is honor. So he is a son of honor. But here this man, Bartimaeus, is not looking like his name. Oh my God. He's not looking what, like what he's called. He's not looking like what he's supposed to be because he's on the roadside begging, and that was not an honorable thing. It was something uh, that people did who did not have. They did not have the, uh, the adequacy. They didn't have the finances. They didn't have the resources, and so all they could do, they couldn't work. They couldn't earn, so all they could do was beg, but he is a son of honor. He's sitting by the roadside begging as Jesus is leaving, as he's headed out of the city and so as they're going he's begging and the Bible says when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth he began to shout I want to let you know that it's so important that we are listening it's so important that we are listening some of us talk too much Some of us should just look at our neighbor and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you're trying to hear the message and they're like, you know what? You got another piece of peppermint? 
I don't know if I turned off the stove today. You know, those kind of things and whatnot. You know, we, we, we get interrupted. You know, we're, we're, we're listening. We, we get interrupted. But it's important that we are listening to the right thing. So he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth. And I have to believe that Bartimaeus had heard stories about Jesus. He had heard stories about him feeding the multitude. He had heard stories about him healing the sick. He had heard stories about this Jesus of Nazareth. And he was passing by. He happened to be at the right location at the right time. Oh, my God. I don't know about you, but if you're ever in the right location at the right time, you can get a blessing. Have you ever gone through McDonald's at the right time? <laughs> Have you ever gone through and somebody, the right person's at the window and they, they say, hey, I just messed up on a, a cup of coffee. Would you like this? Would you like this sausage McMuffin? Mm, my God. <laughs> and you get that blessing. It only was a dollar, but it was for free. Oh, my Lord. And so here, here you get this blessing, and I want to let you know the timing is everything. He's right on the right place at the right time, begging, but still at the right place at the right time because Jesus is there. I want to let you know where you are, if Jesus shows up, everything changes. Wherever you are, Jesus shows up, everything changes. And so here we have him. He's sitting there. He's begging, but he just doesn't beg anymore. When he hears that it's Jesus, he realizes that he's got to open his mouth. Mm. My grandmother used to say uh, this, this term, and you may have heard it. You may have even said it. She said, closed mouths don't get fed. So in other words, like there's food in the house, but if you, if you don't say that you're hungry, you may not get fed. Or if there's something that you need, if you don't say that this is what I need, this is what I'm looking for, you may not get it because nobody knows. No one can read your mind, even though the Lord can read your mind. Well, why even pray, Mike? Why even pray if the Lord knows my mind, he knows my thoughts, he knows things? No, it's important that you open your mouth and use your words. And so Bartimaeus says this. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Wow. What Bartimaeus is saying here, he's saying, Jesus, I know your identity. I know who you are. And I know that you have come to do a work. And I know that I need mercy. So he's in a place of humility. He's in a place where he is needing uh, the Lord to move on his behalf. He's needing the Lord to turn some things around. And so he calls out to Jesus. The Bible says this. It says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Imagine, I want to let you know that the people who are around you often don't get you. They don't understand you. They don't understand your story. They don't understand your background. They don't know what you've been through. They don't get all of those details, but the Lord understands. And so while you're shouting and the reason you come to church and the reason you're at the altar and the reason why you weep and the reason you're crying and the reason why you're asking for prayer, all of those reasons, they don't get it. Why doesn't it get better for them? They don't understand what you've been through. But when you start to call on Jesus, my God, when you start to call on the Lord, things start to change. And so he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd says, shut up, hush up now, hush, hush, because they don't get it. They're in the crowd. I want to let you know you have to stop listening to the crowd. See, some of us miss our miracle because we listen to the crowd. We're trying to do it like the crowd did it. But the crowd, I want to let you know, they're just all gathered together. 
In that crowd, there are individual stories. There's individual uh, things that happen in their lives, but they're in the crowd. And sometimes we put too much stock in the crowd. I want to let you know you're just as valuable as the crowd. My God. We sing the song, say that he lives, and um, that, that he, um, even the word says that he leaves the 99 to go get the one. My God, you are the one. You are the one. You're the one that he'll leave everybody else in order to go retrieve, to get, to bring back into the fold. He will leave them for you. Oh, my gosh. Did you know how special you are? And so Bartimaeus, he sits there and he continues to call, even though they said, hush up, be quiet. Listen, we got important things to do. We're with Jesus. We want to hear what he's got to say. And you're making all this noise. I want to let you know, keep making noise. Keep making noise. Keep on being a distraction because your miracle is just that important. It's just that important for you to keep on calling on the name of Jesus. Calling on the name of Jesus is never really a distraction anyway. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where all you can say is Jesus. And so Bartimaeus continues to call Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Let's go to the next slide. First point today is words. What you say and who you talk to makes all the difference on this road trip. What you say and who you talk to makes all the difference on this road trip. Sometimes we get caught up talking to the wrong people. He was talking, um, the, the crowd, they were talking to him, but he stopped talking to the crowd. He was just talking to Jesus. He was focused on Jesus. He knew that he needed Jesus. And then what he said was important. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I don't know if you remember uh, some of you, when you were, were little, maybe, some of you, no, I know you don't remember. Anyway, because I barely can remember. There's days I'm like, mm, don't, childhood, infancy. I don't, can't remember. It's too old. I'm old. Anyway, and so the reality is that maybe you remember when your children or your grandchildren were little, and they would walk up to you and they would point at things. Remember that? Some of y'all got little babies right now. They point at things. They point at the Cheerios. They point at the fruit snacks. They point, it's usually food they point at, right? No one, no one ever really points at the potty, right? No one ever does that. And what, no, you kind of have to usher them there, right? And so, but they point at things. And, and what we say to those little babies, we usually tell them, use your words. Mm. Mm. I'm telling you as the body of Christ, you need to start using your words, Open up your mouth and use your words. Use the word of God that says some things about you and your situation and your circumstances. If you're sick, you need to use the word of healing. If you are depressed, you need to use the word of joy. Whatever you are in, whatever state you are in, you need to use your words. And so this man, Bartimaeus, he knew that he needed to use his words. And what he needed that moment was mercy from Jesus, the son of David. He knew that he was a healer, so he said, have mercy on me. So he knew who to talk to, and he knew what to say. He knew who to talk to and what to say. It's important that you don't get confused by everything else or anyone else. The Bible goes on to say in verse 49, says Jesus stopped and said, call him. Notice this, Jesus does not address Bartimaeus. 
He never addresses Bartimaeus directly. He talks to the crowd. Oh, this is good. This is good right here. This is hot off the press right here. He talks to the crowd to talk to Bartimaeus. He tells them, call him. Listen, there's a responsibility that we have as well. Sometimes we get too busy to deal with the people. We're too focused on our journey, too focused on our walk, too focused on where we're going, that we forget that Jesus is concerned about the Bartimaeuses. Oh, my Lord. And so Jesus says, no, I need you to go call him. You're so focused on your thing, I want to let you know that you have a responsibility to call him to me. There are so many people who are outside the walls of this room today who need somebody to call them to Jesus. Who needs somebody to take the time to get out the crowd and just say, hey, he's calling you. That somebody's going to say, hey, I see you. I acknowledge where you are and Jesus is calling you. You're not too poor. You're not too broken. You're not too this and you're not too that. That he's not calling you. He's calling you too. And so Jesus said, call him. It's not the preacher's job. Oh, my God. Not the teacher's job. Not the pastor's job. But it's your job as a believer. If you know him and you know what he can do, you should be calling folks to him. And so he says, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. (laughs) Wait, hold on. You just told me to shut up. They went from shut up to cheer up. That's like, that's like transit bipolar crowds. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Need some spiritual Prozac. Anyway. Um, anyway, <laughs> leave it there, amen. I don't even know if that's the right medication. Um, <laughs> they got some for everything. Anyway. So they go from one state to the other. Cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Notice he's sitting by the roadside. They're like, cheer up, get on your feet. He's calling you. They switched on him. They turned around. And so now they're like, come on, he's calling you. Now he becomes important. See, we love people when God's hand is on them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We get really excited about people that God is talking to and God is using and God is moving in their life. We get really excited. We didn't get excited until the light shined on them. Ah. They were just as important before the light shined as they are now that he's calling them. And so they start saying, he's calling. Come on, get on your feet. Come on. Come on. This is important. Jesus is calling you. So He gets up. The Bible says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Notice this. He jumped to his feet. He jumped to his feet. He got up immediately and he went to Jesus. But he also threw his cloak aside. He threw it aside. Number two, point two, actions. What you do must match your words. How you behave must match your words. Bartimaeus is saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, if you want to receive mercy, you're going to have to step into it. 
you're going to walk into it. And so Bartimaeus hops up and he goes to Jesus. He gets out of his comfortable seat. He gets out of his comfortable position. He could have been comfortable in this place, receiving alms, receiving money, receiving a, a welfare of sorts from the people who were coming through. He would have been comfortable in that place place, but he wanted more. I want to let you know, if you want more from God, you're going to have to change positions. You can't just sit in the same place and believe that God is just going to go in and do everything for you. No, you have to have an action. You've got to make a move. There's always something that God is calling us to do. Somebody should say amen. Everything that we do in the kingdom, by faith, we do it by faith, but there's confession. You're saved by what? What? Because you said something. You opened up your mouth. You believed there was something that you had to do. It just didn't happen. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, but there's still a requirement for you. Oh, you don't like me right now. I see that. My flight is at 340 what? 3.49. All right. I just want to make sure. The reality is that you have to do something. You can't wait just for him to do everything. He's done everything already. He laid down his life so that you can have eternal life. What else you want him to do? So Bartimaeus takes action. He gets up. And he comes to Jesus. So first, we got to use our words. Secondly, we got to take action. I'm going somewhere with this. I know you're like, okay, just three points today. Just three points, okay? Three points, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to let y'all go home and go get some chicken wherever y'all get chicken from. Amen? <laughs> I found out white people like chicken too. Amen? <laughs> so I'll let y'all know. Found that out. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So glad we don't stream that service. Amen. <laughs> wow. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so the Bible goes on to say, it says, he gets to him and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. See, some of us in these moments when the Lord says, what do you want me to do for you? We give the wrong responses. We start talking about things that don't even matter. But Bartimaeus, he knew in his heart what he really wanted from the Lord. He could have said, Lord, I don't want to beg anymore. Give me enough wealth that I never have to beg anymore. And I can go live my life and, and be good and just, just carry on life. No, 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 that's not what he asked for. He asks for a sight. Many of us are guilty for asking for the wrong thing. Asking for the wrong thing. You don't need another spouse. <laughs> but you don't know them. No, no, you don't know you. Because you can get a new spouse, but you ain't changed either. I don't know who I'm talking this morning. This, this is not even in the notes. You need to know what you really want from the Lord.
because the change is in you. Most times we want to change the external. It's not the external change. The change is you. What do you want the Lord to do in you and for you? Change the circumstances. No, not the circumstances. Lord, change me. Create in me a clean heart that I may worship you, serve you, follow you. Change me, oh God. And so Bartimaeus says, I want to see. Jesus responds and he says, go. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and follow Jesus along the road. I want to pause right there. There's a couple of things that we need to understand. We use our words. We follow it with action. But there is a whole faith component that goes with this. Notice this. When Barnabas first gets up, he is blind. No one led him to Jesus. It doesn't say, and they led him to Jesus. Bartimaeus had to find his way to Jesus because remember, Jesus said, tell him to come here. And so Bartimaeus, blind man, had to remember the last place he heard Jesus, Jesus speak. See, some of us were so caught up in this system and this time and the depression and all the things that are going on that we have literally forgotten the last place we heard Jesus speak. When you lose your way, you need to go back to the place, to the space where you last heard him utter a word. The last time you felt his presence, the last time you felt him drawing, and the last time you felt his call, you got to go back to that place. And so Bartimaeus remembered his voice. He couldn't see him, but he sensed him. He knew him, and he went to him. The other part that I want you to understand is that Bartimaeus gets to Jesus, but before he gets to Jesus, he has to do some other work. We glossed over it real quick, and most people was like, stop there. I know in your heart, you're like, stop there. There's more there, because if you read the scripture, there's always more you can dig out of it. There's so much to this, and even this is more under this, that when Bartimaeus gets up, the Bible says this. If you go back to the scripture, it says, getting up and throwing his cloak aside. Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this cloak. The cloak that Bartimaeus had was, it was literally a cloak that gave him governmental permission to beg. The government assigned this cloak to say that he is a licensed beggar. He is one who can ask for you to help him and assist him. Because there were beggars everywhere, but this guy was approved. He was an approved beggar. He was licensed. He was good to go. But Bartimaeus took his permission and threw it aside. Oh, my God, that's good right there. He says, in other words, what I have, the privileges I have, the rights I have, I lay them all down because what I want is greater than what I have. What I'm looking for is greater than what I currently have. And so he throws aside his cloak. He's risking someone taking it, it being stolen. Even, he's even risking for him to go back and not be able to find it because he can't see. But the reality is that he knows and he believes, he has faith that if I can just get to Jesus, oh my God, this morning, if I can just get to him, if I can just get in his presence, if I can just tell him what I really need, he will do what I am asking. He's believing. He has faith. So use your words. 
follow those words with action. And then next, you're going to get results. Only, results only come when you let go of what you've been holding on to. What are you holding on to today? Who are you holding on to today? What mentalities are you holding on to? What habits are you holding on to? What people are you holding on to? Not until you let go of the things that you have used to sustain you, these temporary things that you've been using to sustain you, will you experience the power and the grace and the healing of God. And so Bartimaeus, he takes a risk. I want to let you know faith is risky. Faith is risky. I was telling um, our young adults when we were at the retreat, and um, I said our young adults, so I just invited myself to be. I'm on staff, amen. I'm officially going staff, amen. Amen. And payday is when? When do we get paid? Okay, okay. First question you ask when you get employed, what's payday? <laughs> anyway, but, but, but here, listen, he, he, he says, um, we're telling our staff a story about uh, uh, what was happening with me last year. A year ago, um, even to this day, um, standing on this stage, moving like I am moving, was not a reality. I woke up December the 7th, my whole world changed. I woke up and I had an infection, um, something that doctors still to this day cannot tell me what it was or what it is, or they, they have no idea. I, they could tell me everything I didn't have. Now, that's strange, right? They can tell me everything I didn't have. They tested me for everything. They were asking me all kinds of strange questions. No, I've never done that before. I've never used, it, used intravenous drugs. I've never, no, no, I've never... No, I haven't done any of that stuff. All these things that they have listed, and they still cannot tell me what was wrong with me. But I woke up on December the 7th and could not walk. Could not walk. And if you know me, that's just crazy. That's insane, because I'm always on the move, on the go. And so I had to have an emergency surgery. Purgatory, anyway. The young adults, young adults understand that, amen. Um, and so I had an emergency surgery that I, that I had to go and, um, to have. And so they drained out all of this infection fluid that was on my knee and my ankle. And it took a process of six, seven, eight weeks. Even after that, I'm still kind of still healing in my body from that, that procedure and from that sickness. Um, but I went home and I was in a place of defeat. Know God, love God, trust God, but I was just down because I couldn't do what I normally do. And sometimes the Lord will just put you down for a minute so that you can be able to be in a place where you can hear him. And so I'm down. I mean, I'm literally in a, in, in a uh, I bought a uh, recliner. I bought a recliner the month uh, before. And I know every man needs a recliner, all right? All right? And ladies too. Okay, you can have one too, amen? But in my house, I have one, all right? I just had to buy it. It was like, it was on sale too, you know, it was at Costco and it was on sale. Come on, y'all. Because in your mind, you're like, if this doesn't work, back, work out, I can always take it back. doesn't matter when I take it back. That's what I love about Costco. It's like, worn, you done worn, worn it for 10 years. We're like, yeah, it just didn't work out. <laughs> no, it, it didn't work out, but it's sure worn out. And so, um, but anyway, I got this, this, you know, recliner, and it just goes all the way back. I bought it, uh, uh, to, you know, to chill, but didn't realize I would need it to heal. 
And so um, I'm sitting there every day, and I'm in a place where I couldn't even get up to go to the restroom. I had a potty in the living room. We set up like a, almost a hospital in the living room. And it was so just painful just to get up, just to move. Movement was difficult. And, and I had all these things around me, um, all these things. I had a wheelchair, I had a walker. I had things ready for the next steps of my healing, getting me to the next place of my healing. And... Um, and I remember just feeling so, so, so defeated. And so as I started to progress, and I don't know about you, but when you start feeling better, you're like, okay, I'm taking steps. And, and I had to go to work. January came, um, and I had to go to work, and I had to go to work in a wheelchair. So people are looking at me like, January 2nd, I had to show up to work. And so I roll into work in my wheelchair, and I'm like, the first day I only worked a half a day because I just couldn't do it, couldn't handle it. And so I get in there, work half day, and then, then I go home, and I can't, I can't handle it. And I keep on going with my wheelchair, and eventually I started to get a little more strength. I was taking my wheelchair and my crutches uh, with me to work, and, and I, I just didn't want to take the walker. The walker was just uncomfortable, and mentally it was like, can't walk around this place with a walker. Folks going to talk about me, you know? And so I had my crutches, and, and, and one day I got to work, and I realized what I was doing. Every day, even though I had my crutches and I was up to the level of crutches, I was still bringing my wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of us, we still keep taking the backup plan. We keep taking the backup plan just because if I get tired. And I was like, hold on, no, 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 I got to have faith. And if I'm going to have faith, I am going to have to let go of what I had before. And so I left the wheelchair at home. And I'll never forget one of my um, spiritual sons picked me up. He was picking me up every day to take me to work because I couldn't drive. That's crazy, right? Couldn't drive. And, and so I have a handicap sticker. I'm still holding on to it until, <laughs> amen. Listen, until the date runs out, I'm holding on to that baby, Okay. It's nice to pull up right in front of Walmart. Anyway, and so, so he's picking me up, taking me to work, and one day he comes to pick me up, and he's like, you ready, Pop? You ready? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. He's like, all right, let me grab your wheelchair. I said, nope, I'm not taking that today. And I went to work, and that whole day I had to go through with just the crutches. I made it work because I wanted to get better, and I went from crutches to the walker at home and eventually a cane. And God continued to heal me. But I'll never forget, there was one day when I was at church, um, a dear sister at the church who just loves me dearly, uh, she said, she saw me just still kind of, you know, struggling and limping uh, with, with my cane. She said, hey, here at Eastside, we have, we have wheelchairs available. And I said, thank you? No, thank you. And she said, no, no, you can, you can use the wheelchair. I said, no, no. I said, I can't go back to where I came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't go back to where I came from. Many of you in this place, in this journey, as we're on this road headed to heaven, there's some lessons that you've learned that you just can't go back. You hear what I'm saying? You can't go back there anymore. There's some lessons, there's some things that you earn. You can't go back to where you were before because you are making a progression. You are growing. God is leading you. And so I couldn't go back. And, and then I explained it to her. She said, oh, okay, no wheelchair for you. She changed because I explained it. To her, I want to let you know that God is moving you along. But in order to get there, you're going to have to do all three things. One, use your words. Use your actions and your results. So I've been known as a, a lexiconogier. 
Uh-huh. Lexicon azure. So in other words, I make up words. That's a fancy way of a person who makes up words, right? So I make up words, and I'm like, you know, just find words and whatnot. And they sound really good, but they're not in anybody's dictionary, right? But not only am I a lexicon azure, I am also an acronymist. I just made that word up. And this is a person who likes to take words and make acronyms out of it. So I gave you an acronym. In order for us to get to the place that God is calling for us to be, we are going to have to use our words. We're going to have to use, follow them with actions. And so we can get the results. We're going to have to let go of some things. We are going to have to war. If you don't know that you're in a battle, wake up. The enemy of your soul doesn't want you to get down the road. So he tries to give you flat tires and he tries to uh, cause the engine to fail and all these other things along the way. You're running out of gas, oil, out of steam, all those things that you need to get down the road. But I want to let you know that you have to war against him. You've got to fight. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm new to this faith. I don't know what to do. I don't. Listen, use your words. Follow them with actions so you can get the results. Use your words. Follow them with actions so you can get the results. That's all you've got to do to war against your enemy. Use God's word. Open up the book. It's nice as decoration on a table. My, my daughter dates uh, a young man and, you know, she has a male friend. You know, some people call it, you know, boyfriend. I don't know. He's a male friend, right? And, and so uh, she was telling me one day, she's like, oh, yeah, his family, they're Christians too. I said, oh, that's great. I said, praise God for that. She said, well, at least I think they're Christians. I go over their house, and they have, um, they have a Bible on a coffee table. And um, I, said, I said, that's great. She said, it's opened up and everything. Oh, it's open. That's good. She said, the page never changes, though. <laughs> some of you are saying, oops, that's us. Um, <laughs> Just flip the pages. Just confuse the people sometimes, okay? <laughs> Open up the book. Use the book. Everything you need, all the tools you need are inside the book. But you've got to open it up. You've got to read it. You've got to internalize it. You've got to believe the words that are on the page and then use those words against your enemy. And then you've got to follow them up with some action. What's the action? Live this thing out. Live this thing out. Notice this. Bartimaeus gets up. Notice he says, go. Your faith has made you whole, that you are healed. Immediately he was healed, right? Immediately. Check this out. Think about it. This dude is blind. He's blind. When you wake up in the morning, matter of fact, when somebody wakes you up, <laughs> Gino knows I'm looking at him. Anyway, so. When somebody wakes you up and you first open your eyes, your eyes have to adjust to the light, right? This is for seeing people, people who see every day. Imagine for a man who had been blind, the adjustment period that it took for him to understand light and to reason it and to be able to really see. It took some adjustments. But guess what? He made up in his mind that I'm not going to go my own way, but I am going to follow Jesus. 
Jesus is going somewhere, and I want to go there too. Could you imagine him saying, I can see, I can see, I can see, but he's just trying to find his way to get where Jesus was. I want to let you know, you might be new to the faith, but until your eyes are fully open, keep on to let your eyes adjust to the light of Jesus till you get to the place that you need to be. And so he had faith, and your faith will grow, and you will experience the wonder of being on the journey with Jesus. I want to let you know some of the best times in my family has been on those road trips. It's because we're locked away, and sometimes the devices, they start to fail because, you know, the chargers in the car don't work anymore and all this stuff. But we're just trying to get down the road, and then we're forced to talk. We're forced to sing. I'll never forget one time I was on a road trip with my uh, girls, and we literally did the whole soundtrack to Hamilton. Uh-huh. My wife hates musicals, so I was so glad that she wasn't with us, but we did the whole soundtrack. And we're just singing down the road, and we started interacting with some of the best road time together. I want to let you know that you are on a journey that is going to be the greatest journey of your life. And as you continue to go with the Lord, I want to let you know that everything you need is in the car. Everything you need is in the vehicle. Everything you need is already there. I know you think you forgot some stuff and you wish you started coming to church when you were two or three, but guess what? It's okay. You're in the car now. I want to let you know, as long as you got in the vehicle, as long as you're on the road, you're going to get there. It may take a long time, and there are some detours, and there's some roadblocks, and there's some um, road development, and people are working on the road, and you got to slow down to 45, but guess what? You're still going to make it. It seemed like it's slow some days, and some days you're like, I can drive the speed limit, but you know you're a speed demon. Mm-hmm. But you're going to make it because the Lord who started a good work in you is faithful to complete it. But I want to let you know, you got a war. You got a war. If you don't remember anything else I've said, remember, it's your words. It's your actions so you can get the results. It's time to fight our battles, to engage the battle. I'm going to pray for you this morning as the worship team comes. Stand on your feet with me, please. All of this place, just stand, just stand, just stand. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, engaging the battle is hard. I remember waking up one morning in the living room in my chair, and I started to look around me, and I realized that I was surrounded by all of the equipment of my sickness. To my right was the potty. In front of there was the wheelchair. My crutches were laid across the back of the couch. The walker was over here. I had the heating pack because my foot was so much in pain. It's under my foot. I had the, the tubs for when it was time to, you know, to wash up, wash my face, clean up. All this stuff was all around me. And some of you are surrounded by the equipment of your sickness. 
the equipment of life, the things that remind you that you're not that yet. It's the cloaks. It's the dusty roll. It's the sound of change being dropped. It's all those things that remind you that I'm not seeing yet. I'm not healed yet. I'm not whole yet. But though you may feel surrounded, though you may see all of the equipment of your sickness, of your disease, I want to let you know that none of that stuff is holding you from your breakthrough. Your victory is in Jesus. And if it's Jesus is in the room, it doesn't matter what else is in the room. If Jesus is in your circumstance, in your situation, it doesn't matter what else is going on because Jesus is there. This morning, Jesus is here. I want to pray for you this morning and I want you to respond today. You know where you are on this journey. Maybe you got detoured. Maybe you got held up. Maybe you're in a traffic jam. Maybe you got into a, 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 a fender bender. But you're still on a road. And you're on your way. You won't be late. And you won't miss it. Doesn't matter what's come your way. You're going to make it. I want to pray for you today. And maybe you want to respond this morning. Maybe you want to come to an altar of prayer. Sometimes altars can be a weird place because most times we uh, equate altars with sin. I want to release somebody from that today. No. Altars means new beginnings. That wherever I am, I'm coming to acknowledge that I'm starting something new. Something's changing. Something's being healed. Something. Maybe you want to make the space that you are an altar. Maybe you want to grab a friend and just say, hey, can you pray with me? But whatever you need to do today, please respond. It's time to war. It's time to war. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for speaking your word. Thank you, Lord God, for finding us where we are. Lord, somebody this morning knew exactly what these words meant to them. And Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that you clarified it and you gave somebody some light. You gave somebody some hope. You gave somebody some direction, oh God, that Lord God is not all finished. It's not all washed up. It's not all done. They're still on the road and they will win in victory. I pray right now, Lord Father God, that you would continue, Lord God, to surround and wrap your arms around those who are just struggling, not realizing that they're going to have to get up from that place of despair and walk to you. Lord, speak loud so they can find their way to you in their blindness. Give them the hope that they need that goes deeper than anything this world can offer, that we can throw cloaks aside crutches aside, wheelchairs aside, and walk to you. Lord, help us to see and help us to war so we can fight the very battles we face. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. 
Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's Word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.